Welcome to another episode of the Canteen. We got a big, I mean, all these days are big days, but especially this day, I'm excited. How about you, Kingsley? Talk I'm very excited for this day. What, what up, Rev? Um, great day to be recording again. Bright, sunny day here. Um, we have two guests who we know very well, as well as the camp knows very well. Two kids, honestly, around our age, so pretty relatable yeah, to people relatable. watching. Um so yeah, without further ado, please bring on these two young menches, these two young gentlemen from the waiting room, Mr. Jeremy Block Let's and go. Mr. Zach Holzer. What up, boys? What's How up, you boys? Doing? Welcome to the show. Looking good, boys. <laughs> Honored to be here. Honored to be here. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Definitely. Uh, Put some gel in your hair for this. I, I showered, <laughs> put a little gel in. Thank you for noticing. You're I looking sharp that. today, Black. I, thank you. Holzer, you too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I just I like rolled out of bed personally. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, great to see you, boys. I think we should get this started. So uh, for the people who don't know you, I don't know how you wouldn't know these two young mentors, but just for people who wouldn't know, who like tell us about yourselves, what division you're in, just like what, like where you go to school, like blah blah blah. Go ahead, block. Nah, this is this is all you, Zach. I think this is a good question for you. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. Um, I'm Zach Holzer. I am currently a junior at Ohio State, and I started at camp in 2009 as a freshman boy. And obviously a CIT of 2016. And from there, we were a JC for the Braves in 2017 and, and moved up with those same boys for following years. And yeah, that, that's about it. Um, Great. Jeremy? Jeremy Block. Uh, go to the University of Michigan. I was a started camp in 2008, one year before Zach. So I don't know if that leads to any competition, but there's that. I was obviously the CITs of 2016 and was a count was a JC for the freshman boys in our division. For when did you guys start? When we were they were inters. We were, we were inters. They were inters. Yeah. For the viewers, me, Jeremy, Kingsley, and I, we were all. Co-counselors. Co I yeah. slept. I slept next to Block. We were like at night, whispering <laughs> to each other. It was funny. It was a good time. It was. It was a great time. So uh, before we like actually kick things off, we're just gonna ask you the two basic questions. When you come on the show, you gotta answer these two questions. Don't Ooh. know where Holzer went. Where did wow. Holzer go? Holzer already left. Wow. He's back. He's back. Holzer, were you not having fun? You just like left already. <laughs> already left. I, I thought I got kicked out. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, like, yeah, just blame Rabbi. I time. guess you guys didn't like how I wasn't in your division, so you said see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, two big questions. Can Go to canteen order, go to ice cream parlor order, go. Wow, that's a tough one. Wow. Um, I would say I, had, I think I had two canteen orders. It would depend on the day. Um, a lot of times I would go for the ice cream sandwich and a, and a bottle of water. Other times I would go for uh, 
bag of pretzels and a soda, probably a Coke, maybe a Sprite, depending on the day. I was kind of, I was pretty flexible when it came to the canteen. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the same thing every time. Yeah, no, I feel you. So you should like an ice cream guy, because like we had this debate, like ice cream guy, not ice cream guy, or or woman. But um, we we just like I had a debate with like a bunch of other people, like, well, do you get ice cream at the ice like at the canteen? It's like a fifty fifty, and you just happen to be one of those guys, and I respect it. Personally, I was not an ice cream guy, but gotta love a good ice cream sandwich. I mean, there's there's a lot of hot days out there, so sometimes you gotta bring something cold in the system and get you going again. If there's a beach afternoon, you might have to go ice cream. Yeah, fact. What would you do exactly. with on your fingers? After? <laughs> what would you do about that? I don't, I don't see any napkins in the canteen. I mean, I guess it depends how much chocolate we're talking. If it's a lot, obviously, I'm going to have to inhale that somehow. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it depends. And then for ice cream shop, what are you getting? And you can give uh, scenarios, too, like... For example, if the pizza was not ready, like I'm leaving and I'm probably not coming back for the rest of the night. <laughs> I might be getting a pretzel or like ice cream cone, like whatever. So like, mm. let us know. Uh, that's where you and I are different because I'll sit there and wait for the pizza. That's how big of a pizza guy I am personally. Um, I remember as a counselor a lot, myself and Max McDonald, we'd sit OD together and We'd have either a camper, an older camper, or somebody, whoever it was, go to the ice cream shop and get us six slices of pizza. Each of us wow. would have three. It's a pretty, how, pretty how, big how order. Go down? How would someone, why was someone <laughs> so willing to bring you pizza? I wish that happened for, for us. I mean, maybe we'd throw them an extra dollar. I think it was a dollar for the pizza. So, you know, $4 for three slices is not too bad of a deal. So you were bribing campers is what you're admitting. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. Maybe maybe a co-counselor. It would depend on the day. Good to know. <laughs> and, All what, right. Uh, what's your uh, canteen order and an ice cream parlor? Wow. All right. So I would always go with the Sprite. But I think after, if we had a league's activity that night, I would definitely go with Doritos. After a long game, you deserve Doritos. But if I if it was just a regular activity, I would probably go with the the, the fruit snacks, big fruit snacks. So like so like big OA way. fruit snacks, league Doritos. Like you need to get yeah. in your bag. You're gonna I eat think a bag you, of Doritos. I think you deserve it after a long game. So all right, yeah. So I, I agree, hundred percent. What do you, what are you getting at the ice cream parlor? At the ice cream parlor, I think if Dave Schwad is running the ice cream machine, I think I'm gonna go vanilla. He's just one of the best ice cream servers ever. And then, <laughs> if not, I'd probably go nachos. Uh, Ooh. Nachos. Okay. I've I, I haven't heard a lot of nachos. Nachos so is, I, is probably like a twice a, twice a summer type of thing. Really? I don't. I disagree. I think the nachos are pretty good. I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the nachos there are more like the nachos, <laughs> the nachos you have on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, nah, it's it's different, but it's the same at the same time. Like same thing with like the pizza, like in the dining hall. Like sometimes I remember like no, one day they had like no, the pizza is obviously different. But I had I remember like one day in the dining hall there was like the pizza from the ice cream parlor. Like they had left over or something. I was like, what's going on? Like I thought like camp like flipped upside <laughs> down. I was like, what just happened? But like I was also never a fan of the Ricky special. I got to be honest. I think it's an overrated. Agreed. Overrated. I don't think I have ever had that more than once. 
No. That's exactly what <laughs> I was going to ask you next because me and Rafi had this talk before we all started the show, just like a scenario that we were going to ask people, like Ricky special. Like you, you walk up as a junior inter boy, like whenever it is, and you're like glancing at the ice cream menu and you just like see like Ricky special. Like, you're like, what is that? You're like, do I get it? Do I not get it? Like, is it good? So, like, I've had some people love the Ricky special. One of them, I think Maddie Bogart said she liked it. Um, and then, so some people haven't personally. I wouldn't really get it. Maybe I got it once if it was a blue slush. If it wasn't a blue slush, I'm not getting it. But, uh, yeah. I don't, Rab, are you, like, Ricky special guy or, like, nah? I think the I think the Ricky special was, like, a once a summer type of thing for me. I would just get it because, like, why not, like – if Ricky, if Ricky's in the, if Ricky or Kenny, I don't, you can't tell the difference. If they're in the ice cream shop, they are, I don't know about Kenny, but Ricky is like sponsoring it. He's like, oh yeah, Ricky special, Ricky special, Ricky special. <laughs> so he wants you to choose it. And he wants that, like, he wants, he wants that Ricky special in your hands. He might even make you one. That's his, that's his signature. But I don't know about actually having it. I would have it maybe once a summer, maybe zero. Like last summer, I definitely did not have the, the Ricky special. It could be disrespectful if you say no when they're standing in there. That's the thing. Exactly. You got to Kenny hard. never got a special. I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. I think there needs to be quite, a Kenny special at some point. There, there has Fair to be. Point. Like, what can you possibly do? Is it like a like maybe like maybe like, with mustard? like five dollar milkshakes? Remember those? <laughs> <laughs> the overpriced milkshakes <laughs> that were good, but they were definitely like nine dollars for like a little cup. <laughs> like like the water cups and dining halls you had to use a spoon with it too it was you couldn't actually eat it, it depended on the day if they held it under there a little longer it became a little more thick you might have to bring the spoon out but if it's still a little thin like you might be able to straw it who knows and wait i before we continue i want to rewind a little bit rev this is your gonna what be your 10th summer at camp if you go back and you don't know the difference between Kenny and Ricky still. No, I was. That, that was <laughs> Come on, are you kidding me? Look, are you really nothing, kidding me? Right I'm being completely sarcastic. They look, they look nothing alike. Like Kenny, Kenny's got that round face. Ricky's got that like, and Ricky's shredded. Ricky, Ricky's been working out. That not is that true. Kenny, not that Kenny has been working out, but Ricky's pretty beefed up. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Kenny's looking pretty good too. But uh, <laughs> no, I Kenny, think they both, they both look like a strong set of brothers. Yeah. Healthy, yeah. healthy, and ready to go. Yeah, ready for some, ready for summer twenty twenty one. Hopefully, it'll happen. And uh, speaking about that, do you guys think you're going to be headed back to Acope? <laughs> That's a good question. A great um, question. I guess I'll handle this one first. I personally am not a hundred percent either way. Um, at this point, I'm an unrestricted free agent, and I'm currently taking in all options seeing what's out there, whether it's internship, whether it's job, whether it's camp or whatever. But um, again, just looking into all options and trying to be responsible and seeing what's out there before I commit one way or the other. Got you. A little Woj bomb for the viewers. Uh, still not still not fully decided, still out there. So if any team wants to pick them up, Zach is available. <laughs> Jeremy? Offers are welcome. Oh, yeah, I'm the exact same way as Zach. I'd say if Zach decided to go back, that would be very enticing for me. And if he decided not to go back, I think that would be – I don't know at that point if I'd go back. So if Zach decides to go back, yeah, that would be a big part of my decision as well. But also accepting all offers. 
So if anybody's interested. So it's like, I, a, like a package deal. Yeah. Can't have one without the other. Exactly. Love to see it. Love to see it. True um, brotherhood right there. Yeah, that's very that's very nice of you to have that, um, that duo. I mean, if we'll, we'll talk about it. if the summer did happen, you guys were the so-called generals of the white the white Kingsley what the white what the white what all right you're just gonna put me on the spot yeah. like to pick a team name like I wish Gino was sitting over my shoulder the white what a, I don't I don't know what it is so uh, <laughs> T- TBD yeah TBD TBD um you Call guys it the white wolverines and the red the buck guys yeah yeah, yeah. White Wolverine, white Wolverine, red Buckeyes. Red, yeah okay so those are those are gonna be the team names um I guess the question is are you guys, how do you guys feel? Like, I know, I know it definitely sucks that you guys were about to be general. You guys probably talk about that, but I still think you guys had that mantle as general, regardless of if you were given it, regardless if you had those five days, I feel like you guys were given the respect and the, I know I want to say that so-called clout as if you guys were generals without even having the summer. So what do you guys think about, I guess, it being missed? Like, I'll start with this one. Um, It definitely sucked. Zach and I, I wouldn't say we talk about it all the time, but there's just random points throughout the year where I'll just text Zach, like, how to call a war dream. He'll text me, yo, how to call a war dream. We'll say, like, yeah, that really sucked. Then we'll not talk for, like, a week straight. So we we talk about it in some sense. Um, Another thing, Zach and I were never on the same team once we were counselors, which which definitely sucked, too. But we over- both were uh, JC lieutenants, which is pretty rare. Yeah. That doesn't happen much. No. So a little pump of the tires for the two of us, I guess. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, me and Rab did not get lieutenant, but it's all good. I love I love being Greg Popovich on the sidelines. I took it to heart. I really coached those kids to the best of my ability. Rab led, Rab led the Apache team, took off his shirt. I don't know if you listen to prior episodes. <laughs> Talking to Grossinger Eichler, <laughs> shirt off, bandana, walkie, face paint all over his face. <laughs> Ready to go. With the, back, the backpack on with the little <laughs> thing right here with the walkie hanging off of it. Exactly. Yeah. The I think that's what makes lieutenant is if you walk around with the backpack, that's when you know you're a lieutenant. That's got to be the one. Exactly. Also, like, like I, would, I would make this joke that, like, I have a backpack on. I know, like, I, like, I'm saying a lieutenant. I'm not saying they don't need the backpack. I'm not, like... What do they really have? They have the packet. They have maybe like a schedule. But for Apache, you like specifically needed papers and papers and papers. So like I put used to my back to my like drawstring. And the joke was like I was walking around as if I had like power, which I, I had no power. But I was just I looked like I looked the part, but I didn't have the part. And the joke like, I just thought it was funny that like Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't talk down on yourself. You definitely did a good job. With Apache. Thank you. Apache is no joke. Yeah, no, definitely. Not a joke at all. It was actually an inside joke when I was a JC that Jason Mindich acted like he was a lieutenant because he carried around a backpack. (laughs) First off, I don't think anything was ever in the backpack. I'm convinced (laughs) that if anything at all, it was just a color packet. And I don't know why he needed it, to be honest. He might have, hold it, was he on Apache or something that year? I have no idea. He would would, know. He would look at Apache probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just, I think we called him Lieutenant Mindage. Bush and I did just because he walked around acting like it. It was really funny. Hey, you can't yeah, take I mean, anything away from him. He did end up finding the hatchet, so <laughs> that's years of preparation. That he, he did. 
That is true. I mean, I I thought one year that I found it and it just turned to be a garbage bag that someone left in the woods. But uh, like I, every year, I know I'm probably not going to find it. I go out with all my heart, my my brains, every, everything behind the operation, and I go full force, take out the hockey gloves. Well, all right, by the way, one year when I was like, I don't even know, like a subby boy, I come back to the bunk and my ice hockey gloves that I play like travel hockey with and I brought to camp for like tournaments and stuff, like never really take out of my bag, just covered in mud. And I was like, wow, like you, like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know who took them. And I come back to the bunk just on my bed, there's dirt all over my bed. And I was like, wow, that kind of sucks. <laughs> and and yeah. did they find and did they find the hatchet? No. No. <laughs> now with those gloves. Did they ruin your <laughs> hockey gloves? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I don't know. I was pretty I was pretty disappointed, but like it is what it is. I mean, hopefully my team found the hatchet like that year. I just don't remember what year it was. But um yeah, so moving on, I want to talk more about your division um as campers. I and I wanna CIT's 2016 big year, by the way, big group um, for a big, big year. Group. So I want to talk about the the brains and the heart behind that group. Let's talk a little bit about John John Franco and Scott Fader and how they played a role in your division, making you guys a close knit group and what they mean to you guys, like etc. Yeah, those are definitely two role uh, role models for us. Um, Honestly, they kind of just brought us up our entire camp lives and pretty much where, however you want to look at it, whether it's older brothers or like even like father figures at the time. Um, even to this day, we still keep in touch with them. I'd say pretty often. Um, I don't know. They've kind of been there every step of the way for us. What was it since sophomore year block that they yeah, were with us? Yeah. So that what is that seven years of camper life and then they've been in and out since we've been counselors too whether it's helping with color war or stuff like that um yeah they've been absolutely amazing for us and we are extremely grateful for them yeah and with that i mean just the fact that since they were there with us when we were sophomores they really watched us grow up and that's something that we'll never forget just we looked up to them in every way possible they were just two of the most creative people i've ever met um and even some people forget too that tanner was also with us he was with us when we were sophomores i think holzer he left for a year or he, yeah, he took a year off and then he followed us up too so i think just having those three guys with us constantly and even luis too for a while just all of them just there for us was was awesome yeah, yeah guys, i mean it's you guys had a great group of you guys had j peeps also um yeah, yeah jp no, you guys had a tight knit group with like I think you were you were a huge CIT division. You had a, a lot of numbers. What was the and final the counselors number? are a huge reason for that, by the way. They yeah. are the ones that have kept us together and kept everyone coming back. And that's probably the reason that we had one of the biggest CIT groups of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you guys thirty eight, I think. Thirty eight, yeah. That sounds right. Forty eight or thirty eight? I think thirty eight. Thirty eight. Wow. You guys owned uh, Bunk 13. That was your bunk. Yeah. I mean, it was really the only bunk they could fit in. But, yeah, it was it was definitely their bunk. And I also want to talk about, like, I feel like you guys, especially as a division, like, yeah, we did some with Floyd also where he'd have moments where it's, like, rainy day or, like, 
um, heat check or what is it called? Um, beach afternoon or something like that, where he just like find activities for us to do. I feel like you guys like Franklin, Franklin Fader, like always had something planned for you guys, like no matter when it was. So if you could talk about some of those like spontaneous things that they did and like which ones you like remember and like whatever. Yeah, I will always remember. See, I think, I don't know if they started the super summer or CIT summer. They did this thing called cleanup carnival. So every morning they would have some sort of activity after cleanup before first period. And these would be the most random activities you could ever think of. There was one specifically where they brought us all outside. They said, okay, Jake Bush, you're on the left. Josh Yaskowitz, you're on the right. They didn't even tell us the activity. They said, if you think Bush is going to win, go over there. You think Yasko is going to win? Go over there. Everyone picks a side. All of a sudden, Fader, whichever one, Frank or Fader, looks at everyone and says, okay, Josh, Yasko and Bush, first one to find a spoon wins. And those two are actually searching camp for like 20 minutes trying to find a spoon. I think Yasko ended up winning, but just the creativity behind that, random moments like that, are they're just incredible. That's crazy. Did you do that like every day, like before – yeah, every single morning. Yep. That, that must be – I feel like some reason, like, I, like I, I remember – We did that. that. Yeah, either yeah, us or someone else, but I, like, remember yeah, Rosier, that concept. Rosier and Eichler did that with us, like, I think it was, like, maybe subby, subby year. And I think they either got the idea from, like, when they were campers or they got it from Franco Fader. It was either one. I don't know. I'm yeah, guessing, I mean, I'm guessing it was from Franco so Fader. Those two, like we would have all these clubs, and like the one that would stick out to me was Club M, where, like, if there was just like a random time in the afternoon where we had a ton of downtime or whatever, they would take us into the the uh, Paramount, and it would be Club M, which is just going to the Paramount and watch movies. Like they'd have a different movie selected for each day or whatever. It was whoever wanted to go at the time. Everyone wanted to join Club M that day. That's fine. Yeah, and we just go in there and lay low, relax, and some people would watch the movie. People like me would take a little nap for a couple hours, and that was it. There was just so much creativity by them and so many things that, that like were in addition to actual that just made the experience so good. They just also they love just doing activities constantly. Like there'd be afternoons, like Kings just said, if there's a beach afternoon. Fader would just take a bunch of us and we'd play pickup softball. Franco would take people with Tanner normally and play pickup soccer. There was always, I, I always loved that, just the fact that they never wanted to do nothing. There was always something, some activity, some creative thing to do. And that was awesome. Yeah, you guys, you guys are definitely spoiled by them. They they treated they treated you guys very nice. Like they, I don't know. We we love Floyd, but they were they were very creative, just like Floyd was. But they, I feel like they like really like envisioned like them as campers, what they would want as campers. So uh, moving on to our next topic, do you guys have any like funny stories as throughout the years? Like any like just memorable, need to need oh, to yeah. say stories? Oh yeah. Um, hold on, I gotta pull up the list. <laughs> I got a couple of things written down. We uh, we went into our big division group meet the other night and. They were going on for hours about things that we we should say. Um, I don't even know where to start. Should we should we start with the golf cart block? Yeah, that, we can we can start. Uh, with that. I feel like that's a good one. Um, I don't remember if this was like one of the last nights of camp or just like a random night where we decided that we should have like a big CIT prank because 
obviously everyone does a pretty good CIT prank. So I don't know. Like I think we rolled Wally's golf cart all the way from the office to like the main hockey area. And you got to keep in mind, this is like two or three in the morning and nobody's out and it's pitch black and just like 40 kids roaming around. There are even some girls out there helping out. We end up, I, I couldn't tell you how we did this and I don't think we could ever do it again, but the entire division had the golf cart in our hands, lifting it up over the boards of main hockey, which are probably like a good four or five feet tall. We end up lifting up the golf cart. There's people now inside of main hockey trying to like lower it down in there. And all of a sudden we end up somehow dropping the Wally's golf cart into main hockey. We have a huge celebration in there. Everybody's super pumped up <laughs> the next morning. Um, obviously Wally's not too happy about this. We see Howard and Alex and whoever else is taking their, their power drills and unscrewing the walls of main hockey so they could drive out the golf cart. And it just ended up being such an insane story. And just the look on their faces when it was all done and in the morning, it was just so priceless. Yeah, I mean, we, we like, didn't do anything that extreme, but, like, we, we moved chairs out of the dining hall. Our thought process would be, like, it would be very funny if people walked in the dining hall and just had nowhere to sit. Like, like where are you, like, you going to go? So, like, we thought that would be funny if we lined them all up outside. Like, personally, I don't think it compares to yours. Like, that's just, like, mission impossible. We also <laughs> – there was one part of that story that, like, a random thing in our division, I don't know what the exact number was, was – like someone I think it was Brett Silver didn't believe that Alec Marcus could bench press some amount I forget what the amount was so during that night they decided to just take at that time it was right behind like the gym used to be where the palace was like in that side room so they just took the entire bench press with the weights and just spread it out over beach volleyball so I'm sure everyone was just really confused why the entire weight room is set out on, on beach volleyball yeah and this was something that we couldn't like, usually with the CIT pranks, they would make the kids like put it back in the morning or like fix whatever they broke. But for us, it was too dangerous where they didn't want us to do it. So that's where they took out the power drills and ended up having to clean it up themselves. But I don't remember what the consequence was, was like for that situation block. I don't know if you do. Is that when we lost the couch? It might have been the couch or like the, the whatever it was, like the Mario Kart in the main room of the bunk. But it was definitely worth it. I'll say that. Yeah, that was that was definitely like when I think of CIT pranks, that one comes to my mind. That was that was legendary. I can't believe you guys did that. <laughs> that was a really good time. Like, like the the idea of lifting the golf cart, putting it in. Like I don't know how I don't know how that happened. Must have had like forty people doing it. <laughs> Must have been nuts. Yeah, yeah I honestly don't think our division would be able to do it. Like, if we tried. Yeah, you like, CIT year, we would not be able to, like, kids would just be sleeping Wait, in the what? bunk. Like, were, uh, was Franco Fader, were they uh, were they helping out? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't they think probably, so. But that, I know that night was the night that all of our counselors decided to go out the same night. And I don't know who was on duty for us, but all of our division counselors were off and wherever they went to. So we had no counselors on duty and – I don't think Terry was out that night, so we pretty much had the freedom to do anything. 
Yeah, it, wor- it worked out for us. I- it might have been Luis who was on OD. Those were always the most fun nights. <laughs> Luis on OD for 38 CIT boys. <laughs> yeah. Taking the wheel, literally. But um, right. I think Glock, what else should we what else should we go into? There there's a couple more that we gotta mention. Um I guess a small one for something in our division. I don't know if you guys you guys remember Nick DeSanti. Of course. Oh, it was just yeah. so like you know how on the, all the beds people would just write like year oh, yeah. <laughs> year. People would write like if Kingsley was sitting in his bed, he would just write like Kingsley like twelve for twenty twelve or whatever. Yeah. Our division decided to just write DeSanti in a random year all over campus. Like, and I say randomly, like, someone wrote the Santi 08 on a, um, like, a hand sanitizer machine. Like, with like, random things like that. There was at one point when we were in California that someone wrote it on, like, like an In-N-Out burger, I think it was. Like, on one of the, like, one of the tables or something. Things like that. It was incredible. Yeah, I, that was in Bunk 13, right? Because it was all uh, over the bunk. Like, <laughs> everywhere you look, just Nick DeSanti, like. 1998 like like all over the book it's like 64 i was like what you know like, funny well, that. even on like wall soccer it'd be like the santi 65 you'd be like what he's always there took its own like that, that joke went nuts because you would, you would go around camp and you'd see the santi like 94 the santi <laughs> 2007 it was the and like Shmatty knew about it. Everyone knew about it. Oh, there's even some on the old palace floor that's currently under all the nice wood that they put on there. <laughs> the palace floor had at least three or four. <laughs> See, you should put it on the new one now. You should come on oh. alumni day and write it like in like the little like chief's head on like the camp Pontiac, like DeSanti, like 32. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> like just leave your mark on the new new Pontiac also. Um, he, probably left it in, he probably did it in uh, the canteen, hundred percent. It's probably all oh, yeah. over. Anywhere where you could think, it's somewhere. Yeah. And maybe now it's a little worn away, but it, it's still there. It really is. Nick DeSanti's memory will forever be a part of camp. Um. Oh, yeah. So. Are there any more like stories that you guys want to tell, or should we move on? Holzer, you got any? Um, I'll throw one more in, I guess. Um, we might as well actually we we should give Jack some credit because Jack had some great stories. Obviously, uh, most people are aware of what happened. Um, one of our brothers passed away, but um, we might as well throw out some good memories of him while we're here. Um. This was probably senior or super year. Um, this was actually right in my area, funny enough. Me and Stevens Lotolo had like bunk bed, like in the very corner of the bunk. And then there was a door, a wall, and then a couple more beds. And I think I was sick, had some kind of fever or something. So I ended up going to bed early one night. And all of a sudden, after midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it was, there's all kinds of commotion going on in the area. And like, I, I had this tent up so I couldn't see, like I had a sheet hanging from my bed all the way to the ceiling. So I kind of had my own room and I poke my head out and Jack has a hockey helmet on and he is ramming his head into the wall, 
trying to break the wall off of whatever it was hanging on by. And this went on for weeks. Like this was not just one time. And ultimately it ended up coming off. The wall was completely off of the screws or whatever that was connected to the back wall. And now that wall is currently sitting behind bunk 13. And I don't think anybody knows that. Uh, there's just I, there's I, I a missing wall it. in bunk 13. I I slept. That's a great story. I slept exactly where you slept. I was just on the bottom and Krupp, Krupp was on the top. And and like I noticed like I think it was like week week three, whatever, that like there was like, I guess like not not a missing wall, but like there's a divider and there was like, I guess, whatever the wall was held on by. And it was just an open, it was an open space and I didn't, I took it for granted, but then I realized like, oh, like maybe there was a wall there. And, and that back door, that was like when like, they put like the security doors in with like the alarm yeah. and all. And you look back and like, there's a wall and you think like, what the hell happened? <laughs> that was Jack Nathan pounding his head uh, at least a hundred times <laughs> in a hockey helmet yeah. to break that wall off. And it made, it made the room look so much better with that wall down. Yeah, so it kind of opened it all up. Yeah, it, it was worth it. Good job by Jack. Yeah. Other, I actually have a funny, like, late-night Jack story. I was, like, when I was in bunk, I think it was 14. Actually, it might have even been 13. Not because you guys were in 13. It was 14. And I was sleeping, like, there are two doors, a left door and a right door, right inside the right door to the right in a bunk bed. And um, I was on top, and... This kid, Spencer Brown, was on the bottom. Does not go to camp anymore. And, like, they weren't – Jack did not know this kid, Spencer. I had no idea he was even sleeping there. And he walks in with, like, this V for a Vendetta mask at, like, 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., to our bunk, like, silent, like, doesn't say a word. Like, I was still up. So I saw it. Like, I was laughing in my bed. Like, a little creeped out at first, then I realized it was him. So, like, I was laughing and, like, trying to, like, egg him on to, like, scare more kids. This kid <laughs> tears down like the tent that's in front of like you had in front of like Spencer Brown's bed actually wakes the kid up and he just like turns to his right, just sees Jack. I don't think I've ever heard anyone scream louder in my entire life. Actually scared the crap out of this kid. Like he was bugging out, like sweating, like drinking water. Like obviously I kind of felt bad for the kid. Just like a funny story like that. Jack was, he loved to clown around. Like he loved to, make jokes and everything like i'm pretty sure this kid like hated jack after that but uh, <laughs> i don't know I, I just thought that was like a little funny funny thing that jack did i mean he got some more people but i just think that like that just shows like who jack he's a clown like loves to joke around he's a good kid at heart um loves loves to joke around though. great kid i remember i remember he would uh i mean he was the face of your division like i mean like everyone everyone loved him of course i remember he would he would take like the 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 like the 150 and like the 250 signs from golf like he would like see summer you guys would have so much props in front of your bunk you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 he um he yeah. honestly was like the backbone in terms of just like comedy in our division there was by the end of cit summer he had so many props and he hid all of them behind our bunk like the like the one time the camp actually found out about it they go and someone walked into the back area of our bunk of our bunk and there's like palace chairs there's those golf signs like you said so many random props i think there was like a bunch of basketballs who the jack had taken at some point it was just unbelievable yeah i mean that's like we 
we always wanted to take stuff, but like we were all talk. Like Jack was someone that would actually like go out and take it and like bring humor to the entire division, which is something great to see. Um, I actually did hear about like all the props. I wish I got to saw it, but I heard about that he took a bunch of them. I thought it was hilarious. So just like someone that can like just bring comedy division, bring smiles to everyone is like truly remarkable. Especially, like especially being the backbone of a division and just going all the way up with you guys and just yeah making great memories every day. Um, yeah, really special kid. So I think we're going to move on by talking about, I I remember your, your, uh, your, in in general, your division, you guys had very good group merch. I remember your Kanye shirt and all that. How'd that, how'd that actually end up happening? How'd you guys get I'd like to point out, I'm wearing one of them right now. I found it in my, it just said CIT boys. It was, it's a little touchy right now because it says, make camp great again so maybe we can ignore that, <laughs> that part of it but yeah that was that was our shit the great yeah, shirt. we had we had a ton of great things like i remember the subby nation army shirts those were my favorite um i don't even remember we had like those like yellow like headband things with the little flap coming off of it I, what was i forget what was on those wow it was a blue and yellow like headband I remember, remember my brother. Would, my, my brother would always. My brother was in your division, CI sixteen, and I remember he would always come home with like amazing stuff. That you guys would always have amazing, uh, uh, merch and all. I have to give credit to to uh, to Franco and Vader for a lot of those. They did come up with a good amount of those ideas. I think, I think Jack actually might have <clears throat> might have come up with the. The Life of Pablo one, the orange one with the, the Kanye album on it. But yeah, they were, we had some great merch. Yeah, that like, so we had, we like tried to come up with things. I just personally thought your merch, like merch in general, like from when you started using shirts, like whether it was junior year, so you're like through CIT was better than like most people on camp, if not the best. Like I do remember those subby shirts. That was with the one with like the Camelot, right? The, like the yep. bro tank, those are sick shirts. Um, Just like, Things like that just, like, make you guys memorable division. Like, you stand out wearing those shirts. Like, everyone knows, like, oh, like, he's a CIT 16. Like, whatever. It's just, like, and every one of those has a piece of whoever made it, Jack or um, Franco Fader just walking around. So, like, they're with you also when you're wearing that shirt. So, it's a cool thing to do. Um, there, also, there was also, like, so many of them. So, like, whenever whenever their new <laughs> shirt dropped, you had, like, 40 kids wearing the same shirt. And you knew, like, you knew it was good. You know what I mean? Everywhere yeah. you look, like, boom, CIC 16. Like, there, you couldn't walk an inch around campus without seeing one kid in your division. There would By the way, a kid wearing a bright orange Kanye shirt. Yeah, speaking of the CIT 16s, I think we were the only division ever to add a new camper every year. Really? Yeah, we were. Uh, we had one every year. Brave through CIT, we had a new camper, at least one every year. That's crazy. CIT was a meet, right? A meet, the whole CIT was a meet. Super, super uh, Trench and James, Kirsch, whatever. And then I'm guessing like senior was, I don't know. Who was senior year older? Um, Jeez. Oh, Alec Marcus, maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that Nick too? It was Nick. It probably um, didn't. Yeah, Nick and Alec came together. I don't remember if it was senior year though. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we we like had a few additions, but like with a lot of additions, like Game came one. losses. Like 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay Wong was one of our additions late late camp. Was it was it super or was it senior? Super, right? Uh, super. Super with yeah, the basketball. Did he did Hawks. he come like just for Horowitz? But then, like, just came to camp, like, in general. Always like, you're coming for Harwoods. You're playing Harwoods. You're playing Jacob. Nah, he he came to be a camper, I guess. And then yeah, I'm, I like yeah. I didn't really know. I I mean, he's like I don't know. I tried. We tried welcoming with open arms. Like I think we did a pretty good job of that. Um, very good basketball player, by the way. Like didn't really want to play against him. Good at basketball. We're getting him on, we're getting him on the show soon. We are. Oh, that would be awesome. I would be. He was an he was an icon of the lower camp. The lower camp kids, my campers specifically, loved him. There were kids in my division. I think they were like were wearing his jersey. Like they would write his name on the back of their shirt. Yeah, love it. Love it. I don't know what was like. What was like the huge deal? Was he just like that good? Like everyone just like wanted, like yeah, he became like like, idol at it, like. Remember, remember during uh, morning lineup, he would be picked every single day to swing the birthday board. <laughs> yeah, I remember he skipped like a few lineups in a row just because he knew it was going to be someone's birthday and like didn't want to have to swing anyone. So I remember him like blatantly just skipping through lineup solely for that reason because he knew it was going to get picked. And like us, obviously, like being we have a lot of instigators in our division. Like every time someone like says a comment and like piss at someone, they're like. They just like love to instigate stuff and like see things happen. So like every time Yewon gets picked, like our whole entire division is like yelling at him, like you need to go swing this kid. Like what are you doing? Still sitting here, like pushing him, like doing whatever we needed to get him up there. He was actually exhausted every morning, like actually like, limping to swing this like kid. An hour sleep. <laughs> I'm su- I'm surprised he didn't drop anyone. I think he dropped one kid by the feet, so it was good. It wasn't on his head, but like. <laughs> well, I've, I've been dropped a few times on my birthday. I will say that at least two or three times, even like as a counselor, I would go up there and like they would try to swing me way too hard. And all of a sudden my back is skidding against the ground and I got, I got pain back there for a couple of days. At least a few times this happened. Well, were you ever, and- uh, were you ever like flip, like, you know, like the little kids, like do a full <laughs> circle? I don't know. Maybe, maybe as a camper because I I used to be one of the smallest campers, and then all of a sudden, thank God, I I was able to grow a little bit. But as a camper, they definitely put me in a big circle. Yeah, it's it's a thrill, really, when you get up there. It's just like the whole world stops, and you're just in this constant motion circle, getting flipped by who knows. But I'll be honest. Be honest. Did did you skip around the pool, or did you not skip around the pool? Oh, of course I skipped around the pole. That that's a tradition. You have to skip around the pole if it's your birthday. Did you like put a lot of oomph into it or did you like like jog it out? Cause I, I really hope you I really hope you, you put some oomph into that. I I would say I gave a good effort on that. I will say that. You're probably yeah, an that, average skipper, Hoser. I, I I could see it. Yeah, for sure. And like while, a, probably not an all star skipper, but maybe like a, like a solid starter. You're probably you're probably a star of the B team. So being honest, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Not a select player though. Hey, what what do you guys uh, what do you guys do for Apache? What was your like go to? I did not have a specific niche in the Apache. I was kind of just thrown all over the place. I did a couple of runs. I uh, 
I don't even remember half of them, to be honest with you. Like, it was just a bunch of really random events. Like, I was never the most athletic camper, but uh, I don't know. I got the job done. But as a counselor in the counselor Apache, Matt Trenchney can can sign for this. So can Darren, because he was the judge. I was in the hockey shootout as a counselor. Mm. And uh, I forget the guy's name. He was, I think he was a CIT counselor really big guy he was playing goalie for the other team do you guys remember his name um was this, this last summer this was yeah the last time we were in camp this was this was the, the cit guy. counselor yeah yeah no I, I remember him. he was a big beast he uh him no, and, I, I know who you're talking about i'm trying to remember Nosh, him and nosh lawrence would like fight each other oh <laughs> yeah i know exactly oh, who it is he had curly wow. hair yeah um, he had curly hair I, I really don't remember his name. That, that All right. Apologies to him, but I'll continue with the story. He, you got to picture this guy in goal. He has all his pads on. He's taken up 95% of the net. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what am I going to do on this guy? And all of a sudden, like, I never played high school hockey, but my friends and I like to screw around and play hockey whenever, like, we got nothing to do. But, I don't know, I'm a serviceable player. Again, probably a B-team guy, not a select. Right, Block? <laughs> <laughs> i'm rooting for you though all right anyway i come down and i put two out of three in the back of the net and i get a huge lead for us that was probably my proudest moment in apache history and it, it took a while it probably took until my 10th or 11th summer of doing apache but i got the job done must have been a great feeling like i, I can just imagine like I mean, I don't really know. Like, I play hockey, obviously. So, like, seeing – oh, I don't know if you guys yeah, actually you do, do that. I don't, I don't know if you guys actually do that. Kingsley's our hockey – wait, time out, time out. Kingsley, Kingsley isn't just a hockey guy. Like, that's his thing. He – I can tell you so many stories of him just destroying it on the uh, on the ice. He's very, he's a beast. Oh, you saw him on the ice? No, he did it. On the ice. Saying not, it. On, the, <laughs> on the rollerblade, not on the ice. On the pond, on the pond. <laughs> on and, the pond. I'm sure Block and Holzer, I'm sure you know from Jake, Ryan's brother, and, and from Ryan himself that Rabbi did not – Rabbi was not bad at one single thing that he did at camp. He might have been oh, yeah. the best camper I've ever seen. He was – like, he started – What a guy. <laughs> starting five basketball, starting five like, hockey. Uh, never put on rollerblades since camp. Starting five. Like, how, how does that happen? Uh, He's a stud. I guess we're going back and forth here. No, King. No, real talk. Kingsley, great kid. He, I'm not saying he wasn't a basketball and soccer, but but hockey was. He was a top two hockey player in our division every single year. I think yeah. the most important thing that we can remember is Kingsley. If I remember correctly, you did win humanitarian CIT year. I, I did win one humanitarian. He also won humanitarian like four times. That's I mean, you're just the best camper ever. Yeah, he's the best camper. I don't right, as long as we're throwing all this love around, I got to give Block some credit. One hell of a basketball player. <laughs> when Block to get is driving with his left hand to the rim, nobody's going to stop him. Block, I was, I was told that you and I are basically the same player at basketball. We're both lefties. We're both pretty big. I think I think I, we should I, run some post one on ones if if we ever when we played against each other in camp. I took you down. I was I was. I don't think that's the case. Rabbi, you lost by five, at least. You and your Roy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's where, like, a lot of, like, 
people excel, whether it's Apache or just like something like simple as like being good, like in one aspect of a sport in camp, not, not necessarily the sport itself, but like, for example, we had this kid in our division who like was a very good basketball player, but like in leagues basketball, like he did not miss a shot. Like it's it just like crazy. Like one sort of thing. Like What? Josh Greenberg. Shout uh, out to you. Did not miss from the corner. Every time, thirty-two green bean. Beautiful. When I was when I was a CIT, I, either CIT or super, I did the um, the kayak, and that was the year that that Nick DeSanti flipped the boat on the kayak. Wow, that was one of the funniest moments I've I've ever been a part of. Nick was down and upset for so long, but you do have to remember it was either the day before that or the day after that. He did knock down a buzzer-beating three to win a basketball game. <laughs> but, but I'm like, I'm doing it, and like, I think at this point, like, he's probably ten seconds behind me, and I'm like doing it. All of a sudden, I like, I look back and I hear like something's going on, but I'm like keeping going. Like, obviously, in Apache, you have a lot of pressure. You don't want to lose the baton or whatever. So, like, I, 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 I keep going. I look back two seconds later, and the boat is just flipped over. I can't see Nick anywhere. <laughs> People are freaking out. It was like one of the funniest moments of my life. And that happened like event like 46 or whatever. And like yeah, Nick exactly. was, yeah. I was told, my brother told me that Nick went back to his bunk for like, and it ends on like 228 or whatever. From like 46 to 228, he was just nervous, anxious, just bugging out because he flipped the boat. He caused it to, and no, they ended up winning Apache. Crazy. Nick, Nick's team ended up winning, even though he flipped the boat. Rob, did you ever do the boat in Apache? For some reason, I feel like you've done it like yeah, once. I did it. Yeah. I've done it. I, I've kind of been a water guy for Apache. I've done, I did water park. I did canoe, kayak, and CIT summer. I did the uh, – Blake Siegel and I coined, coined the term as climax. We called it climax. It was from – it was from boy side to girl side on the, uh, on the kayak before glory happens. So just great for uh, for creating that name. So Rab does slaughter in the water for the viewers watching. He does put on a great show in, in the no, water no, sports. Not really. I'm, the water. I'm not really a good swimmer at all. I can barely swim. You know, we'll we'll call it from water sports, <laughs> not necessarily swimming, but the extras that involve that involve the marble, hunt, the marble hunt. Not the best. My eyes. My I eyes don't really are getting. Know, like, can, is there like a like? Have you ever experienced like any of you like an absolutely like astonishing like marble hunt player? Like I've never seen anyone like stand out to be like absurd at finding marbles. I feel like it's just like anyone could be amazing at it. Like you just put on the goggles and just go for it. Like it, it's not really like. <laughs> I think it depends where most of them are dumped. Honestly, I think that the the lifeguards dictate who wins probably 80% of the time. Yeah, I mean, if they're on red, like, they're actually dumping half of, like, more than half of it, like, right at our feet, and the rest, like, on the other end of the pool. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not, not really that fair, but, like, speaking I've of, had... Uh, speaking what? of swim meets, I do think we need to bring back the cannonball contest at some point. That was one of the most fun things to mm -hmm. watch of all time, especially when the Super yeah. CITs did it. The entire camp would be watching those guys just... They, doing cannonballs it was unbelievable i remember those those were great block who would you say is the top three cannonball guys in our division Ooh, jo jojo left was good wow 
Laugh, Laugh was, was definitely good. Yeah. I was thinking burger. <laughs> burger. Definitely burger. Maybe DeSanti. Yeah, I can see that. I think <laughs> I think also a, a very good move in that situation is the belly flop. People love to see it. For some reason, they just love to see like a red stomach <laughs> afterwards. Like it hurts. I don't know why people love to see it. Like you just lay out one for the team. Like yeah. maybe you'll get a couple points. Here and there, instead of just the old yeah. cannibal, get original. Yeah. What did you say, Rob? I said take one for the team. Like, like if you you do a belly flop, you're gonna get a ten out of ten. It's gonna hurt for probably all five days of color war, but, <laughs> but it's worth yeah. It. I mean, I swimming was never really my expertise, as I'm sure <laughs> you guys know. Not not the best swimmer. I actually was very afraid of my leg test until like super year where I like passed it a few times and I was like, all right, like maybe I could do this now. Maybe not, not, no, the leg not test is never easy. Yeah, no, it's like, like the leg like, like, test is no, always never. like, yeah, not easy. <laughs> the um, worst hey, is like, you guys remember there used to be before the leg test, I think for really younger kids, they make you practice in the pool. That was really. a very long time ago. I used to do that. We had a kid in my brave year who, drowned on the practice pool and it was That's horrible it was awful wow did he come back to camp i don't he did not come back that was his only summer i forget his name but it was incredible jeez yeah. Yeah, the late test was so hard because i thought like i thought going back and forth like eight times was enough to be tiring and then and then like you're exhausted like no one once you get past those laps you're not failing the uh treading and the what was the last one? Oh, lay on your back but i just thought i just thought all in all that was a tough leg test that was not easy at all and like the worst the worst part about it is like when you're struggling and like you need it the most obviously the lifeguards are there for you and they're pushing you but like they're just they like like come on like you got it it's like really not that hard and i was like i'm sorry like you're a lifeguard like you're like <laughs> i'm like struggling as a cit boy they're they're walking on the outside of the thing. Like they're not swimming. <laughs> they're not in. They're not in the lake with me. Like digging deep and like finishing those last few laps. And they're, they're the ones telling me that like it's easy. Like uh, no hate to the lifeguards, but like come in the pool and we'll see what happens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not that easy. But uh, yeah, I, I think we should. I think we should move on from from the lake test and just. Um, Honestly, like, I think we covered a lot. Is there anything particular that you guys would want to touch on? You guys had a big division, probably leads, like, lots of stories. I know you told some already, but anything in particular that you guys want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, I don't know. I feel like we should briefly at least touch on, like, the counselor life. We, we did a lot of camper. I feel like we could kind of even it out and do some counselor stuff. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, obviously, we, we talked about this with Pro Singer Eichler also, and we want to know your, your guys' side to this also. Um, obviously, coming from a very wholesome and big CIT division and having 38 kids with you there, um, transitioning to JC year, how was it? Was it an easy transition? How many kids came back with you, like, like et cetera, if you could talk about that a little bit? Um, I guess, yeah, I can start. So for JC year, I th Holzer, do you remember the exact amount? I think it was, was it 13 of us. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was a decent amount. We had at least two or three per division. So. Yeah. So I was lucky 
college. I mean, Jake Bush was one of my best friends growing up in camp. I was very lucky to have him in my division. It was me, Mindich, and Bush for us three. So that definitely made the transition easier. Um, I think just the fact that for us it was whatever, 13, 12, whatever the amount was, just the transition was easier because I got closer with those kids. Like, I'm sure Holzer would admit this too, that we were not, I mean, we were close growing up, but we were never that close. Once we became counselors and we were just spending a lot more time together, we got a lot closer. So that made being a counselor easier. And I think when they say, it's a little cliche to say that you remember now more being a counselor than a camper. But for me, I rem- a lot of my memories from camp are now as a counselor, just because I enjoyed like, watching these kids grow up and kind of seeing the other side of camp that you don't really think about. Um, I'm sure Holzer can touch on that more. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, I started with the Braves, which is something that kind of scares a lot of people and a lot of people don't like it. And to be completely honest, I was miserable the first couple of days, first week. And then I kind of finally got into my groove and, figured it out a little bit and uh basically the opposite of block um i didn't have a close friend that i was working with in my division um it was in Skyline who obviously we were friends campers but not the closest and um i don't know it's kind of just very inexperienced like counselor group in my division and i got lucky enough to be put with jamie appel as my group leader for the first two years was awesome and an easy environment to kind of fit right in and like me and Skyler were technically the only like camp returners at the time in the division so I kind of like a lot was expected of the two of us that's kind of what got me into the camp groove so well I was kind of thrown right in and had a lot on my had a lot of responsibilities right which is I'm kind of thankful because I feel like that's what allowed me to be kind of respected like when it came to the group leaders and head counselors and people on boys side and yeah and going off that I think just being a counselor I'm sure you guys can attest to this too it makes you appreciate camp a lot more kind of seeing the other side and also now that I mean you guys are in college now just growing up and seeing just the value in camp and how it really changes you as a person you grow up there you like you make your best friends there you just it's just really an incredible place and I think being a counselor allows you to see that much more than just as a camp I I completely agree we lost Holzer again don't don't really know where he went but um unless Rab you kicked him but I was back but um yeah I I agree a thousand percent and I definitely think that once you start step on the other side of the line and actually see things from a more like wholesome and general view rather than just kids in your division. You're overlooking not only your friends at camp, meaning part of your division, your JCs that you're with, but also you now have this other group of kids to take care of. Um, it truly puts it into perspective and it, it comes full circle. And it's honestly something great to see and just something that's very eye-opening, especially moving into the real world, going to college. Like you become more independent as a person. You become more um, aware of what's going on. Um, Sometimes I was a little bad with that, but I'll get better as time goes on. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a very great experience, especially working with two young gentlemen. I'm on the Zoom right now. Holzer, you were there also. He's not on the Zoom right now. He just left. Uh, yeah, he doesn't but, like it. Right <laughs> but um, 
yeah, yeah I, I think, I think we had game. a we had a pretty good group to work with so I got lucky um definitely and especially having a great group leader who turned out to be a color war journal was something great also so very welcoming environment very good people co-workers my friends and great group of kids also yeah I think I think you touched on that perfectly the whole the whole idea of how we go from camper to counselor like you have you you have a job it's you're, you're getting paid you're it gets I guess it gets serious and I think it's nice to see that even though like it's such a quote-unquote serious job which it really which it really isn't the way that the way that all of us handled it I guess the tra- transition into JC year I think we I think we I guess grew, grew up we got mature we stepped up to the plate and we uh, performed well I think that's the best part and then also us actually making an impact on our campers and the people around us. I think that's even more important to this whole full circle uh, effect that Kingsley touched on. My apologies. My connection here at school is garbage. I don't know what you guys heard of what I said or whatnot, but I can finally see all of you guys after a couple of minutes of black screen. So <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, 100%. Now, we, we talked about it with uh, Grossinger Eicher also. Not sure if you guys watched the episode, but we were talking about the same exact thing. And they were our counselors for, what was it, six years? Uh, four. four. Five, four, four. maybe. Four. I, yeah, four. I think it was inter to senior. They mm-hmm. were they were our counselors. So they they went up with us. And, the, I mean, like like Franco and Figure was to you guys, they were basically to us. I mean, we had our group leaders. We had Floyd, who's also one of our role models. And same thing as we grew up with our older counselors, Sackville, Barnes, Blake, shout out to you guys, whoever else was part of that crew. Um, so, yeah, it, it was definitely great, um, like, growing up with them and just coming full circle and now having to take care of kids, hopefully being role models for them, um, as I'm sure. Uh, like, I've seen many kids uh, not really care that much about camp when they become JCs, not necessarily my division, not necessarily your division, just in general, they just come back to come back. And I think that um, at least I know that us four really do take it to heart and try our best to make sure that these kids have the best experience possible. And I think that's a great feeling just to see them having a good time like we did and just enjoying their summers at camp. Very, very well said. So I think, uh to wrap up i think we should do like a final uh i guess like a final thought like you guys have the floor whatever you guys want to say you guys you guys could say little you guys could say uh a lot you you guys could go <laughs> all up to you all right Lock, you got anything or no I, um wow i'll put you guys in the spot like you guys could talk about your like what can means to you anything anything you want it's all yours yeah, first off, thanks to you guys. Great idea for a show. I think of course. a lot of credit. Very creative. Appreciate uh, that. It's a great thing to do to bring people from different divisions together and just have a platform from, from it. So great idea by you guys. Uh, one thing I want to say, I guess. Um, no, camp, honestly, camp does mean a lot to me, as I'm sure it does to you guys. Um, whether I come back or not, it's I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. I really did grow up there and became a better person because of it. My best friends are from there. Um, yeah, just really did have an amazing impact on my life. And hopefully it continues on for many years to come. Well said.
That was touching. That, Thank you. That hit me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll go as well. I also wanted to give you guys a bit of a shout out for what you've been doing. Um, I remember, I think it was the two of us and Bryce, I think, went to the clock tower one night, like uh, for a night off or something. And we yeah. were just sitting there having dinner. You guys were talking about possibly wanting to start up something like this. And I do give you guys a lot of credit for actually going through with it. And again, as Block said, bringing people together and just letting the memories come, which is always important. And just in general about camp, um, it's not like the people that you have to speak to every day to stay close with. And I think that's important to understand is like the other night when Block and I wrote in our group, me saying like, give us some ideas of what to say. Like we need a couple stories and like, whatever. Um, like camp friends are the kind of people that you can reach out to like that and be sitting on the couch reading everything for a half hour hysterically laughing like these are just amazing people that are very similar to all of us and just straight up good people that you will always have a relationship with regardless of how long you go without speaking yeah I mean very well said once again um, and I think, yeah, like me and Rabbi, I know, well, I can speak only for myself, but I'm sure Rabbi, same thing with you. Like we don't really come back. Um, I mean, we do come back for everything regarding the camp and obviously great to see the directors and head counselors and everyone else leading camp, but uh, we come back for each other and for our kids and for everyone else to make their summers and our summers as best as possible and just keep developing the relationships. Like, like um, you guys said that you did, we stay in touch with all of our camp friends, um, even kids that like live in the city, like it's been hard to see them during a pandemic or whatever, like went the other day to go see one of my camp friends. Um, they come to Long Island, kids, Westchester, see them sometimes. A lot of kids on Long Island, me and Rab see each other all the time, very close to each other. So, um, just great to have that bond and camp certainly played the biggest role possible in that whole scenario. And, uh, I think to wrap it up, we're going to finish off with some, some like rapid, rapid fire questions and scenarios that uh, we finish off with, with, with a bunch of our other guests. So I uh, just want to go quick, quick questions regarding the food. We're, we're going to go there first. I'm going to ask you guys this question because I know you might have something mm -hmm. up your sleeve. All right. So bit of a scenario. Picture yourself as a, I don't know, we're just going to CIT, right? Um, it, it's lunchtime. You skip breakfast. You're pretty hungry. You just played some sports. You walk into the Seneca dining hall and you, and you see the silver trays silver trays on the table. You're like, Oh, not this again, whatever it may be. And you, you just don't want it. Like you, you can't have anything to do with it before you make the 180 to go out of the dining hall. What's the most creative meal you've ever made, excluding the entree or like the main course, most creative or most like consistent meal you've made in the dining hall. Um, I don't know for me, if I didn't really like the meal, I would just try to take in some of the pasta at, like enough to, to fill my stomach until I could hold myself over for the pizza at dinner or pizza at the ice cream shop. But if you know me, you know that every meal, lunch and dinner, I'm taking out a cup and I'm going, I'm going to get the tongs, <laughs> the croutons <laughs> from the salad bar. And I'm going to fill up that cup and bring it out with me and take it as a dessert on my way out. Very, very uh, respectful. Very. Rabbi does. Rabbi does a similar thing. If you want to share that right now, 
Yeah, I, uh, basically like <laughs> uh, salad bar, the little squiggly things. You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, the, the crunchy. Yeah, yeah. The noodles. I've been trying to, I've been trying to coin a phrase to like say what that is. Noodles, the noodles. So I take the. Are the they noodles though? I think they're like Are Chinese they? noodles, whatever you want to call them. Whatever. They're just like crunchy things. Yeah, the, the crunchy noodles. I would always just like take it, put it in the, put it in a cup and just like walk out with it. And just like, that was, that was my lunch. That was, no, that, that was like a, that was like a side <laughs> piece to my lunch or dinner. What was the other side? G- Gatorade? Yeah. It was Gatorade in that every day. Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> she did not have any protein. I, I was a big, I was a big pizza guy. I love their pizza. The regular camp pizza you like? I like the people were so anti pizza. I actually liked it. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. <laughs> I Sometimes mean, I bad. call myself a big <laughs> pizza really guy, bad. but that pizza is not good. Like not. if they had the ice cream shop pizza for lunch, I think I could go through at least ten of those slices easily. But the camp pizza, I feel like you have one or two, and you just feel terrible about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I always went with like the hot sauce <laughs> ranch combo nice. with the, with the pizza because I just feel like I couldn't really like I mean not that it was like that bad but like eat, like eating it like regular just like kind of like plain like I'd spice it up a little bit put some sauce on it I mean I feel like a lot of kids did that but um yeah so I like we've heard some crazy crazy dining hall stories from some people like I've seen pictures of a kid eating like a bagel with like the marshmallows from the lucky charms on it like as their breakfast i was like <laughs> where where do you come up with that so it's like like some creative things that like people have done i just thought i'd ask the question so yeah that was basically like i guess our little en- like ending rapid fire like hey, block, if, so any, if, block if there's any spontaneous meals i wouldn't say lunch but breakfast um we used to do bread silver came up with this. We'd make our own cinnamon French toast. We would take like a piece of bread, toast it, put like, you know, the cinnamon sugar from the dining hall yeah. and like butter on it. We'd always make two of those. It was a great meal. Sounds pretty good. That, yeah. that does sound good actually. Wow. <laughs> oh, and another quick question regarding breakfast. Are you a sausage or anti-sausage in the dining hall? Obviously. No, no. Like the little, the little sausage, yeah, like the little sausage, the little sausage in the little black bowl on top of like the oh, eggs no, or whatever it is. I feel like that's brutal. also pretty controversial. Like yeah. Blake Siegel, Blake Siegel loves the sausages. The most controversial thing about breakfast was easily that if you didn't have your cinnamon toast crunch or whatever cereal, you would just see like older kids walking by the dead table, like trying to find whatever <laughs> cereal they wanted. Like you'd be scavenging everywhere for it. Great stuff. Yeah, and like if they didn't have like, you'd have to like settle. Like if there was not like, the milk you wanted, if there's not the milk or like the cereal wanted, you're like, oh, this again. You'd have to settle for like two percent with like, with like I don't know, like Lucky Charms for the eighth day in a row, or just like kind of like, whatever. If you get Lucky, lucky Charms, it's not a settle. Like if you get like Rice Krispies, ooh. If you get the Golden <laughs> Grams instead of the cinnamon toast, that's a settle. <laughs> the Golden Grams were not the best cereal. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just never, like, I was never a big Golden Grams fan. Still, still not. I'd rather go for, like, a Frosted Flakes, like a Cocoa Puffs, maybe, depending on the day. The, the classic the classic Cocoa Puffs and chocolate milk. I never Ooh. put the chocolate milk into the cereal. I put the regular milk, which turns to chocolate milk by the end. But, yeah, I mean, that, like, food is always very controversial topic. Same thing with indoor barbecue. It just goes... 
one of two ways. Better than better than some meals, but like it like it is what it is. It's not outdoor. Better not than cool most experience. meals, I would say. Yeah, I mean, get, grab yourself a nice, nice hot dog, <laughs> burger, sit down. But like, obviously, like if there there's an option to sit at a picnic table outside, and like like grow up with your friends, like obviously I'd rather do that than sit at like a plain like dining room table. It's just like it is what it is sometimes. So, honestly, I think I think we talked about a lot of stuff. Good, yeah. Touched touched on a lot. Um, once again, we want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Great addition. Loved having you really, guys really guest. Great episode. Maybe in the really, future really. we'll get a little part two, part three. Who knows? Um, yeah, we'd love to again, come back on. We can go more in depth about some things regarding maybe like color war or whatever, visiting day, which we didn't touch on. But um, things like that we can go deeper yeah, on. But we, we can we, we can even, touch we on that in the next because we haven't talked about that once in any of our episodes. You yeah, like a can. day special or something. Yeah, we maybe you guys can parent on for that. What? <laughs> one of the one of the parents on. She'll head on. She'll she'll give us a yeah. give us every like behind the scene thing of visiting day. That would be a good episode. Nah, I would, the best I would, place I would, to get I would the definitely cookie. listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> the best place to get a cookie cake on Long Island. <laughs> everyone has their own cookie cakes we'll find out like where, where to go best place to get a uh, a recently signed nba free agent jersey <laughs> <laughs> i remember <laughs> i remember when like the u.s was like playing in the olympics every single kid had like a kemba walker like usa shirt or like something like that and every kid would walk around campus i was like Jesus, like how, like how many people like actually got these shirts? Like it was actually the USA Dream Team on campus every day. Like there were just people wearing wearing the jerseys every day. It's crazy. Okay, I think I think we've talked about it a lot. Let's just let's just wrap. Okay, it was great, great episode. We loved it. Thank you, guys. love you guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us, boys. Much love, boys. Of course. Thank you, you for coming on. Appreciate you, boys. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. A holder, see ya. Of course. Peace, boys. All right. Yeah, here we go. Another great episode in the books. Great episode from two great guys. Had some funny yeah. stories to tell. Um, touched on a lot of good things. But with that being said, it is now time. The canteen is now lock closed. You gotta, lock you gotta lock the door. Gotta lock the door. Canteen's now closed. Keys away until next time. Uh, we'll see you everyone in the next video. Be the uh, well, what's the phrase? Like, subscribe, uh, and like, like, and subscribe. Yeah. Follow on Instagram. Big, the big things coming. Show. Big, big, big things, things coming. coming. By the okay. way, just just a little, put that out there. Um, have some stuff in the works. Some some very dark horses that you guys might not have expected on the show. Um, yeah, we can believe it or not. Me and Rab pull some strings, and we can get some people on the show. <laughs> um so so who knows you'll, you'll see someone you never thought would be on the show soon so uh th thank you for watching once again if you made it to the end you're a real one um and yeah like i said the canteen is now closed have a good one guys have a good day